welcome to Making Sense. Yep, where we talk about the fallacies of the Jurassic World universe. Well, not today. I mean, we can. No, don't 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 cut me off, dude. Yes, and me. Come on. (laughs) Yes, and we'll also talk about (laughs) the fallacies of the pre pre Preozoic. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. Yep, that's it. But right, I, yeah, cool. I yes anded you. No, you kind of took you kind of took the ball and then kicked it off the field. <laughs> you hit somebody in the stands. Okay. All right. Well, we can go back. We can just go back and pretend yeah. that I didn't do that. That's fine. <laughs> I installed some Google Wi-Fi's, and they're really working. That's new. So wait, are they just hotspots or what? It makes my Wi-Fi stronger. Well, that's connected to the Google network box, which is fucking garbage, which (laughs) is so bad. And I didn't, for years I've had this Google Fiber and I'm like, it's fast when it works, but why does it not not connect reliably? And I thought it must be my devices because Google Fiber is right, infallible, but not so. Hmm. I installed these and now I have no dropouts in Wi-Fi ever in any room, even on the back patio. Even downstairs. Wow. So it's it's is it like a signal booster? I guess so. It, there's two of them, and um, I mean, it's, one is supposed to be sufficient for a what a fifteen hundred foot square, fifteen hundred square foot house, which is not how big this house is. This house is smaller than that. But there's two levels to this house, and there's also mm-hmm. the patio outside. Uh-huh. And one of the levels is kind of underground. It's almost like a half basement. So I got two just in case, and it's working like a charm. Because every now and then, the the Wi-Fi would just cut out on my iPad specifically. Oh, super annoying. Hey, this week we're sponsored by Google Smart Home Hubs. Google Google Wi-Fi. Google Wi-Fi. Is that what the device is called? Just Google Wi-Fi? Google Wi-Fi, yeah. That seems lazy. (laughs) Well. Yeah, we're, we're sponsored. This is an ad. It really works. Buy Google products. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your AT&T connection. It's bad. <laughs> Don't use the Buy Google. Don't you have fiber over where you live? We have fiber. Smart. Yeah. Dylan's got... Wait, is there fiber in Dallas, Daniel? Not not where I'm at. Not at my apartment. Where I'm at now. Do you, do you use AT&T? Yeah, I had AT&T fiber at my old place. And now it's just now I'm paying for 50 because there's no fiber and I doubt I'm I there's no way I'm actually getting 50. So that's why Wait, 50. 50 megs down. Yeah. That's the huh. fastest I could get here cuz this place is fucking old. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. I wanted to know how I feel too. And all my I neighbors. I was going to say your neighbors definitely know now. Yeah, I don't Anyone care. Anyone who thought it was new, the veil's been lifted. They woke me up at 5.30 this morning so they can go to hell. Wow, what were they doing? I'd oh. rather I'd rather not say. Oh. <laughs> we have to, I think this is a good time to discuss the rating, like the, the movie rating of our podcast, <laughs> G through R. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it could still to be G. G through R. I think that it's if you say R, it's implied that G is also. Alive. No, I was saying we, we <laughs> should we should nail it down before we get into the story. Only 
I'm, only young people can come uh, to this one. I'm not. I'm not going Nobody any further into the story. I was just like, why is somebody yelling at 5:30 in the morning? Oh my god! And then I woke up and I was like, <laughs> okay, now, now I'm gonna go back to bed. Who has that much energy at 5:30 in Dude, the morning? Dude, I was thinking the same thing, and I was like, I'm not gonna get trapped into this and just lay here awake, like wondering all these things. I'm just gonna go back to sleep. But seriously. What what is your life uh, like where five thirty on a Sunday morning is go time? <laughs> Are you talking? You're talking about a domestic abuse, right? That's no. Did you just refer to that as go time? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, but I did just refer to that as as go time. Yes. I think go time in that case would be immediately, you know, followed up by stop time. Oh yeah, no, they yeah. were they were very quiet at at about five forty. So yeah, if you think about most of my life is stop time. When does go time start? <laughs> I I don't know. That's that's a personal question, I guess. You just have to find your. You just go. you just have to fill us in on that. Your inner green light. But I can tell you when my neighbors is. So this week I wanted to talk about air conditioning. Um, I heard an episode on ninety nine percent invisible called Thermal Delight that I thought was really really cool. And so what I wanted to do was kind of talk about the history of air conditioning, which is I'll breeze through it pretty quickly, and then kind of talk about it as it relates to today. Um, so. You guys, you guys ready? Are you ready is to this be? What, is this what this is gonna be? Are you guys, gonna, re- you guys ready to get blown away? <laughs> is this what we're doing? Have you been practicing these? Is this what we no. gathered together? You're gonna breeze through it. We're gonna get blown away, and we're chilling for now. Yeah. If I feel things are gonna heat up pretty quickly, because if they don't, I'm leaving. I've been conditioned to expect nothing from you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate all of you, both of you. <laughs> Anyways, I don't okay, have to do the history well, about it. Wait, we don't have to do the history. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah. First, there was temperature. <laughs> and then and there then, was man. Yeah. And man said, I am not comfortable. I'm too sweaty. What can I do about it? That's not how it started at all. Enter Jerry Conditioning. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Jerry Conditioning. Uh-huh. Look, go on. Go on. <laughs> and and Jerry conditioning then well well he's he's Jer for short he, he yeah. had a lot of fans <laughs> Jercon <laughs> Jer conditioning <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man this is great he learned how to suck the hot out of the air to make cool by using heat uh huh isn't that crazy okay. So let's for uh, you want to start with how AC works, or you want to start how AC was invented. What do you want to do, Daniel? I, I'm going to do both of those at the same time. So, in 1902, the air conditioner okay. was the first air conditioner was designed by Willis Carrier to remove moisture from a print shop. So they were printing magazines in New York. It was a hot summer, and the humidity in the air was messing up the way that the the printer was able to work. And so he created this device that ran. Um, uh, air over cold metal coils and it removed the moisture from the air. So the side effect of that machine was actually cooler air. And so 
Um, let's say there to four, if it was a hot day outside, what did people do? Uh, you opened your windows. And hoped it was windy. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, so they begin to sell these devices to places like tobacco shops and uh, other print labs, textile plants, places that needed to control the, control the humidity in the air. And um, th- these were like really big machines and really bulky. And they eventually, like uh, people, it, it caught on that the side effect was that it was making these places much cooler. And so they started targeting um, gathering places like the movie theater. So if you were someplace during the summer, uh, like a movie theater was the last place you wanted to go, right? Because it's like this giant room full of people and it's hot and there's no moving air inside of it except for maybe some fans. So it, it really took off in movie theaters and places where people were shopping, things like that. <clears throat> Did they already so, have fans then? That's why it's so cold in the mall. Yeah. Uh, yeah in the they, mall they movie theater. In. <laughs> in the mall movie theater? <laughs> Well, fans were actually invented, um, first they invented propellers on airplanes, and then they said, this works, let's put these in our homes. Doesn't really, the out. first fan was, the first ceiling fan, the guy was just trying to fly in his house. Uh-huh. It was at the, the Wright Brothers' house, right? Yeah, they said, if we could put one on a plane and it flies, let's put one on the ceiling and see if we fly. Nice try. That was a decade after what you are referring to, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Uh, I know I know my history. It was a buildup. Well, I mean, the first Wright Brothers airplane didn't have any wings. It only had a propeller, so it didn't <laughs> didn't take off. It was actually uh, refashioned and, and branded into it, what we now call an umbrella, right? Yeah, the right the right umbrella. That mm-hmm. sounds right. That sounds they right. Just, they yeah. just put cloth over it. Uh huh. That's true. That's very true. So. Um, <laughs> Anyways, so that the the greater effect of this was where we began living in the U.S., right? Because in the Southwest and the Southeast, it was hell on earth to live there during the summers and when it was really hot, especially if you just had to design a home using what they call vernacular architecture. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you were going to say something? No, I'm just... Nobody knows what that means. Okay, so vernacular architecture, for those that don't know, is traditional architecture that develops in a particular place um, that's usually driven by local environmental conditions. So for, for an, exam- an so, example is Adobe houses in Santa Fe. Yeah, exactly. So homes in the Southwest were with like heavier, thicker materials um, to absorb heat in the day. So stone, adobe, things like that. They collect that heat and then at night when it's cool, they release it back into the homes. They also had uh, flat roofs and and um, like smaller windows so that they could control the amount of airflow. Uh, and then homes in the southeast, so um, like Florida, would have uh, to maximize shade. Uh, they're trying to maximize air movement. So like the dog trot, uh, where you have like a long narrow home with the breezeway in between and then windows, like larger operable windows that you could open to draw air through the house, things like that. Uh, hmm. So so that would, those would be examples of vernacular architecture and they're very tied to their location for obvious reasons. Um, so one like of the- Like in the North Pole, y- workshops, <laughs> vernacular <laughs> I thought you were gonna say igloos. <laughs> yeah, workshops well, too. 
igloos and well one workshop yeah maybe there were a bunch and santa just kind of you know disney disney them yeah i mean that that could be true well i don't know why the candy cane striping everywhere seems a bit much but well hey he's you know you can do it every once he owns the place yeah <laughs> it was so it was visible you couldn't just paint them white because people would run into things so uh so the this introduction of air conditioning meant that we could start living in all of these places and not really have to use this vernacular architecture, right? Because then you can basically just make a glass box and brute force your way through actually having to design something. You can put a box, put an air conditioner on it, and then you can have a glass house in Hang on a minute. Tucson. Sounds, you're just being... Sounds like you were being a little haughty there. I'm being you a little... Were, are you accusing air conditioning of the uh the lack of diversity in modern houses yeah uh yeah it sounded like you were kind of salty uh i mean it th so there's there's pros and cons to it right i mean there's there's this new modern design where you can have these very large sleek buildings um that look very appealing just giant glass facades and windows everywhere and everything but yeah i mean it takes a lot of energy to heat and cool buildings like that right so last week we learned you're against automated cars now you're against ac what <laughs> else are you against daniel a man of particular yeah. taste hospitals <laughs> let the sick people die they're sick for a reason uh, i'm not saying i'm anti air conditioning i would say that i'm pro uh thoughtful design rather than just brute forcing and bullying nature into um Basically playing God. You're tree not houses. Let's live in tree houses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's let's live in hobbit homes. Let's every community should be the Shire. So I mean the the, the compromise obviously is to use our, our modern technology paired with um with vernacular design. I mean that's that's the greatest compromise. But uh one of the interesting facts was that the amount of um get to it here the amount of energy that we use today just for air conditioning is the same as the amount of energy we used for all purposes in 1955 so i mean the population was a lot less but it's substantial the amount of energy that we use to heat buildings and if you think about a mall or even a large private residential home that's 4,000 square feet if there's one family say two adults and two kids that live there the kids go to school, the parents go to work, you're cooling a 4,000 square foot home that doesn't have anybody in it for six hours, eight hours a day. So the amount of energy that we use just to cool a giant box that nobody's in is extremely wasteful. I mean, buildings, buildings are responsible for about 50% of the pollution uh, that we're creating, especially like carbon dioxide and stuff. Well, specifically. You can get a smart setup now that doesn't turn your AC on until you're about to come home. Yeah, and I think that that kind of folds back into when we were talking about um, this sort of like internet of everything, like IBM's like connecting your car to your work, to your home, so your mm -hmm. car can tell your house to start cooling itself down when you're on your way home. and It's not cooling itself all day, things like that. I think there's a lot of benefits benefits to that. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about the fact that, um, 
in in 10 years when air conditioning became uh more popular and affordable like the population in tucson went from forty-five thousand people to two hundred and ten thousand people you know it quadrupled in 10 years houston doubled in size in that same decade so it's it's um, something like 90% of homes today have air conditioning and, uh, most, that I mean, low. yeah, I mean, if I didn't have AC here, bye, I'm moving yeah. to Canada. Yeah. But I mean, we live in, we live in the South. I mean, if you think about places in, in, uh, that are farther North that have a lot less need for air conditioning, or if you think about someplace that's really far North, like Canada or something, you might not even need an air conditioner at all. You just have a heater. And then you can I, uh, still have wood stoves and stuff like that. So, when I went to Canada just recently, the it was an old three-story. It used to, well, it was a duplex. It was converted, but it used to be, uh, I assume, just a single-family home. And there was no air, controlled air. I guess forced air is what to call it. Anywhere in the house, it was heated in the winter, which is when I was there very comprehensively via a huge furnace in the basement mm-hmm. that looked like a spaceship. It was enormous. Mm-hmm. And it heated all four levels, basement included, of the home through the use of radiators, which are huge and they're everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, and there was no form of air conditioning at all. None. Zero. Because right. they don't need it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of states in... Like, I mean, Montana and Wyoming, and there's a lot of states that are further north that they probably heat in a similar fashion. So I think 90% is is a pretty fair estimate. Mm-hmm. But you, you take away AC somewhere like, and I mean, Austin's pretty hot, but it's not close to the hottest. No. But it, people are going to die. Yeah. If you yeah. took it away from Phoenix, Arizona, goodbye. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like considering your your normal tract home. I mean that what what like this culture of suburbanization and and having your own little home with your yard and your house looks like your neighbors and it's your your social status symbol. Um, I mean, you you have homes like that that heat and cool these giant spaces that people aren't in and and things like that. Or you try to live in it without air conditioning or heating, it's going to be miserable. Are you saying that their pets that are left at home don't deserve air conditioning, Daniel? I mean, I, I'm. We think about the the cat, please. Yeah, did you get and just sweating, just <laughs> just laying, laying in the cold, laying by the fridge, trying to make a living. While his family's uh, I'm away. not. I'm not advocating that you turn your heat or your air conditioning off during um, an extreme. I think you did mention it was wasteful, quote unquote. Imagine the cat pawing yeah. at the at the Google Nest thermostat, <laughs> saying, "Please, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Yeah. Well, just have a cat door so your cat can go outside and lay in the shade and be cool. Problem solved. Touche. So I'm I this this is a very roundabout way of me advocating for uh, pet doors. But anyways, no, I just thought I think it's kind of an interesting topic. Um, so, you know, as you're running around and you see some giant space and you're like, man, that's insane how much it probably costs to cool that giant mall during the summer or heat that that home. So, yeah, we need to go back to vernacular architecture. Everyone go live in a dog trot house or an adobe box. 
No, only if that's your vernacular. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's not let's not get crazy. Uh, yeah, that's fair. What would Austin's be? I don't even know. Uh, the Alamo. It's a stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably uh, it's probably a combination of the of the two. I mean, stone yeah. and mud. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, you definitely well, want you want stone to absorb heat uh probably on the south side and you want lots of windows so you can get air in the summer so you want a lot of shade in texas that's why you see like a lot of large wooden front porches porches on the south side to keep that um the keep that wall from being directly hit by sun things like that why the south side doesn't the sun come from the other other doesn't it come latitudinally yeah yeah, I mean, you get you get uh, morning sun in the east and evening sun in the west, but the south is the harshest face. So you you really want to protect the south side of the the building. It gets the most exposure throughout the day, and it's gonna oh, and it's, it's gonna get yeah, and it's gonna get the and it's gonna get the hottest uh, temperatures because you're during the middle of the day. Is that because we're north of the equator? Correct. If we were south of the equator, it would be the north. Correct. I see. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's weird. That's stuff I would never have thought about. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, there's um, and then you get to like up in Lubbock, or you get to places in the prairie, Oklahoma. There's a lot of places where you want to plant trees to block wind. So in Kansas, Oklahoma, North Texas, um, Colorado, uh, you want you want trees so that you don't have as harsh of a north wind. Uh, so you can you can block your house from being cooled down just naturally by north winds. So there's a, there's a lot of passive things like that 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 people ignore now in design and architecture, which is it's cool because we can literally build anything and everything anywhere. And you could build a glass box and keep it warm in Canada, right next to that place that you stayed, Lee. But I mean, the amount of energy that it's going to take to keep um, a glass box warm is insane. You're talking about a, um, a long-term investment there. Yeah. yeah. Buying a house in Colorado, new, building a new house, and saying, all right, I just planted 14 oak trees. Well, I, we'll be back in 60 uh, years to live here. <clears throat> well, not oak trees. Uh, like um, uh, like evergreens uh, that, that from top to bottom have a lot more foliage on them that are going to block wind. And obviously, if you're in a neighborhood or some sort of suburban area with other structures around, you're not going to have that harsh wind. This would be more like if you're out in the open, if you're away from town in a field or something like that. Like you see a lot of farmers in Kansas and Oklahoma, North Texas, that'll put sort of this row of, of um, like pine trees, uh, something like that to, to block wind because they're out in these open fields. But yeah, if you're in a like a neighborhood, you don't need to do that. Figure, why not just build a really giant wall like in Game of Thrones? Well, China did that. Wind, the wind blocked. <laughs> yeah, wind blocked. The wi- yeah, I, but it's just going to go over and then pick up speed on the other side again. Are you telling me the wind can't go over trees? Are trees some sort of wind? Winds like like yeah, rock beats paper and but they're no, specific. It gets it gets caught by every leaf, so it just settles down 
on its way up. It's specific it to that one house. The stone. It's now, the trees like... can talk to the wind. They say, whoa there. You sure you want to come <laughs> this way? Hey, friend. We're protecting John. Pine trees are are the wind's mortal enemy. Well, the, the, or, the... Best, or best friend. True. Depends on the tree. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Um, no, I mean, it's just specific to that one home. You're not going to like block the wind for miles and miles after that. Depends on how tall you make the wall, right? Or the trees. Well, I can, I don't think I have control of that. Depends on how much you water it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works? They'll just grow forever. Well, I mean, I, some trees. I, another example are um, the uh, Native Americans that lived in like New Mexico, Colorado, that would build into the side of, of um, cliffs and qu cliff dwellings like that. They've actually done solar studies where in the summer, their buildings, like their, uh, where they would live, that was in the shade of the cliff. And then during the summer, because the sun is lower, uh, with the, the winter. The, sorry, during the winter, the sun's lower for the solstice that it actually, the sunlight enters the places where they live, enters the dwellings and will actually warm them up. So there's, it predates air conditioning by a long time. But, <clears throat> okay. But air conditioning is better. Come on. Yeah. Come I, on. I'm not saying that I don't want to have air conditioning. You know how comfortable I am right now? <laughs> Dude, you you look so comfortable. You're wearing uh you you're both wearing jackets inside right now. So well, that was on the way here. I just I like to be hot. I run I run cool. So. Ah, that's good. That's why you live in Texas, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It was that Massachusetts blood. <laughs> What do you have to say, Daisy? And Daisy couldn't even deliver one. Bandage. And she's quiet. <laughs> she's covered in ash or something. What were all the animal familiar uh, options in Harry Potter? You could get like a frog, a rat, a cat. An owl. An owl. A lot of kids didn't have their own owl. Harry was kind of a rich kid. I don't know if y'all remember that from the books, but his parents left him a sizable fortune in Gringotts. Yeah. So Harry is kind of just like an entitled little white rich kid who's That's also true. famous. So he's like a child star too. I mean, he's got Well, that's why he got all so all the makings of a of a sociopath. Yeah. He was kind of like the the Miley Cyrus of Harry Potter. The little yeah, child I mean, star. Yeah. Lots of money. Just going to but he never went crazy. He didn't get the opportunity. The books ended when he was like 18. That's a, that's out for my oh that's before Miley went off the deep end. Oh, that's true. The follow-up series to Harry Potter would be interesting. Harry comes in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> He's just angry all the time. Does he make an appearance in any of the subsequent books that aren't Harry Potter that what? are out of that that universe? There aren't any. I thought there were some uh it's like the monster manual of their of their world. It was no. I mean, that's not really. That's not even a story. That's just. Oh. It's like just a list. Of oh, okay. okay. It's a bestiary. Yeah. 
There was a there was a, pl- a musical, or was it a play? The Cursed Child. That wasn't anything. It was just like a. It was like a. It's a one-off. Yeah, it was a stage production, hmm. and it. I don't think it had anything to do with Harry himself. Gotcha. Or I could be wrong because it was called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. But then these these movies are just one-offs too. They have no. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, yes. They're okay. Original stories, they're not based on anything. They're based on lore that you sort of hear about in the Harry Potter universe. Um, Along the way. You know that Dumbledore uh, fought Grindelwald back in the day. In fact, Grindelwald plays a pretty, <clears throat> not pivotal, but in, he has an important role in the story toward the end. Mm-hmm. But... Hmm. But those that stuff in New York City where they're calling them no madges, that's all brand new. Hmm. Did you did you watch the movies? I watched the first one. Okay. Was it good? It was fine. Uh. It wasn't good. <laughs> but it was fun to watch if you like Harry Potter. Yeah. Just like The Hobbit. Was it good? No. Yeah. Did I like it? Yes. Right now, I'd take anything Lord of the Rings, no matter what it is. Well, they're I'd supposed to be coming out with a TV show. I heard about that, too. What? I haven't seen it manifest yet, but... Amazon's doing it. Lord huh. of the Rings series. I mean, honestly, it's the it's so, so smart if they get the timing right. Because it, it'll just fill the void that Game of Thrones leaves. What? Yeah, I would have to imagine that's exactly their plan, right? I mean... It's going to be set in the Second Age. The... Um, Lord of the Rings story that we're all familiar with takes place in the third age. Yeah. It's, oh. it's going to cover, um, and it's also going to be set on a different continent. It's not going to be set on middle earth. It's going to be set in Numenor. It's going to follow. I don't know if it's going to follow, but it's going to be Sauron's fall into darkness. Cause Sauron used to be, um, a good guy. Yeah. He was like a, he was a lesser deity, right? He was the same on the same level as Gandalf. He was corrupted by the the big bad. Yeah. Um, the guy who's like being who's just like falling into darkness for infinity, but is Morgoth is prophesized to come back at some point and basically create the apocalypse. I mean, I could talk about this for a while, but he was. That's a, we just shouldn't talk about Lord of the Rings, probably. Well, we fucked it up pretty bad the first time. If we we can make some amends now. <laughs> oh yeah, last season we we. Uh, we butchered the the hell out of. We were all like, it was one o'clock in the morning, and none of us could get our facts straight, and I, we were goofing too much. We, we were we trying made to some like people legitimately mad. <laughs> Wait, did we? <laughs> we were like, yeah. I I was adamant that we needed to psychoanalyze Boromir or whatever. I remember you that. Remember. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I I referred to Gondor as a human being at one point. <laughs> yeah, it was like but, two in the morning. Yeah, it was really bad. Boromir is a heroic character. You don't need to psychoanalyze him. He was corrupted by a force much greater than him. He's simply a man, Daniel. You don't have to talk shit about Boromir. I wasn't, ta- <laughs> I wasn't talking shit about Boromir. I don't remember any. I remember we talked about the ghosts and why they couldn't just go into Mordor and basically wipe out all of the orcs. And they already did it for Minas Tirith, so why not just keep it going? Yeah. I think, I think the answer is that they don't want to. I mean, it doesn't matter what they want. Aragorn controlled them. Mm, they were doing him a favor. Uh, the movies got, did it a little differently. 
Well, they weren't. First, they didn't arrive on the ships like they did in the movies. That was definitely a way to conflate it. They owed Aragorn, the, or they owed not Aragorn specifically, but the King of Gondor. They broke their vow during the first whatever happened, and thus they were cursed to live as ghosts, and they couldn't enter the astral plane. Whatever happens whatever. after yeah. death. Yeah. So uh, they were conf- they were stuck there until they fulfilled their oath, and he first shows up, and they're like, they're treating him poorly because they don't understand that he really is the real deal. And then when he proves himself to be the uh, rightful heir, rightful heir of Isildur, then they're like, oh, shit, we can finally die. The, the craziest I mean, imagine, thing to be excited about. But I'm saying is like he didn't really use his bartering chip very well. I think he used it poorly. I mean, he, all he had to do was say, OK, you could take care of Minas Tirith and Mordor. And you'll have your, you know, you'll have your release. Instead, he said, no, nah, Minas Tirith's fine. I think we can handle the rest on our own. And I think the idea is also um, the whole point of, of everything that happens is so that Frodo can get to the volcano. There's no other purpose. This is all, everything else is a big production and distraction so that Sauron doesn't understand what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't fixate on where the ring actually is because mm-hmm. when he right. does frodo's fucked he gets the ring everyone dies yeah that's true it was a uh, it was uh well played cards well played bit. smoke and cool. mirrors what about the uh what about the eagles the eagles thing? why yeah. can't the eagles take them to more because it's fucking dangerous <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> I mean, they did it though. They're not invincible. I mean, have you not seen the the Nazgul, the fucking the fell beasts, the flying dragons that well, circle Mordor? Well, that's what I'm saying. Just the bring, eagles aren't invincible. Bring them out, lure them out, like they did, and just I don't know. I just think it could have. It was an overproduction. They spent too much in production fees in in <laughs> the way of human lives and elven lives. Well, that I think was it. Could have been. We more, got into this concise. We got into this last time because that was the last thing Gandalf said before he, when he was battling the um, was it the Balrog the, or whatever the Balrog, yeah, yeah the Balrog, he says, fly you fools, yeah, and you refused to admit that last time, but see, you finally come to your senses. I mean, there are. I swear to God, there are, there are two versions of that. Either the book is different than the movies, or the movies. What are do you think he said? Other. Flee. No, he says fly. Even in the book? Even in the book. Okay. Well, whatever. Actually, in the book, he says, get out of here, homies. <laughs> Y'all got to Scram. Dip. He says, see you soon. BRB. Wait, what does he mean? Got to go get a new robe real quick. Got to fall through this endless pit and then land on a spire, a mountain, and then fight this fucking thing and then die, but not really die, and then come back and be all wise, but not really remember you, but only kind of, and then gain my memories back as the time goes on. Also, for any of our listeners that haven't seen Lord of the Rings, spoiler alert. Yeah, it's, it's about five minutes too late. Um, the eagles are also uh, on the same level as Gandalf and Saruman. They're uh, what's called... They're not the Valar or like the elite gods, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Maiar are the demigods... And the eagles are on that plane, that level, and they only help out Gandalf because, once again, they owe him a favor. The Maya are not supposed to interfere with the goings-on on, on Middle-earth. Gandalf's only doing it because he's been tasked specifically to do it by, by his 
Valar. I can't remember the name. Ah. Saruman's been corrupted. He's interfering because he's become evil, basically. But he's also a Maiar? Yeah, which is the same level as Sauron, although Sauron was kind of one of the... He, he kind of bridged the gap, didn't he? He he was the... the sh- he used to be like the, the one, like the guy, the Maiar that... Maya, I guess I should say. He was the strong one, and then he fell and tricked everyone because he was initially uh, known for his incredible charisma and good looks and he was like i mean he was a shapeshifter so he could do it but that's what he did is he shapeshifted and uh seduced not like not for sex but you know yeah <laughs> he was seductive the, the leaders was, of all of the free kind right which is why he was able to trick everyone into making those rings and thus control the entire world yeah i just googled why did the eagles not just fly the ring to Mordor? Okay. Classic question solved according to Reddit. You can see that the eagles do not come to save Sam and Frodo from the impending doom of the mountain erupting until the ring has been destroyed. Thus, all of Sauron's power is gone. That's when the eagles come at the end of the movie. Right. Sauron's eye tower collapses. Uh... The Dark Lord's army that marched through the Black Gates had been defeated because they fell into the earth. Because of all the... You remember that scene where the earth fucking opens up and eats all the... Outside the Black Gate where Aragorn's about to get murked by the cave troll. Yeah. They all fall into the ground. The ones outside. The ones inside were still alive. They ran back in. The Nazgul's witch king, along with his dragon, has been slain, as well as multiple other Nazgul Mm -hmm. and their beasts. Now, it's a common misconception... That the not the word Nazgul refers to the dragon. It doesn't. It refers to right. the ring wraith. The ring wraith. That's their name in Elvish. Nazgul. The dragons they ride on are called Svel beasts. Fell beasts. Yeah. Okay. And point number five. Boromir said it best. One does not simply walk into Mordor. He is implying that a group small enough would be able to slip past the eye rather than an entire army attempting to take on all the dark forces. So a massive flock of eagles would be pretty easy to spot. Now, what he's getting at here is if the eagles had attempted to fly in earlier, they would have been seen by the eye and thus focused by all of Sauron's forces and power, which is a lot of power. I never really understood how he communicated with his armies. I mean, was it telepathic? Why, we, it's Wi-Fi. Google. Does he just have a bunch of Google Wi-Fis everywhere? This week's episode brought to you by Google Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, yeah, the eye is... But it's is, not like... I mean, Mordor it, is not that big. You're talking about like a smash and grab. Well, you have to find an eagle who's willing to kill themselves, I guess. Uh, it's literally stated and implied multiple times by Gandalf and others that the discretion of the ring's location is of utmost importance. Mm-hmm. Putting its holder on an eagle is basically lighting a beacon saying, here it is, come get it. It was okay. just most unwise to just fly that shit right in there. But, okay, follow-up question. Why didn't they just put the ring onto an arrow and shoot the arrow out of a giant bow so it flew straight into the top of the mountain? <laughs> straight, you know how you, when you... That's one really important shot. You, just, you have to get barred from the Hobbit. 
Imagine if you just yeah. missed the cave entrance yeah. and you just like stuck it right to the side of the mountain right there. <laughs> They're just like, oh no, <laughs> what have we done? Here we go. But why didn't they launch Frodo in via trebuchet? <laughs> oh my God, that's an actual question. <laughs> because Mount Doom was 305 meters inside Mordor. Okay. It was that, it was that shallow? No, that's a joke. Oh, oh okay. I think okay. about the maximum range of a trebuchet only I got being you. 300 meters. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, they made it look way further away in the <laughs> movies. Inaccurate depiction. Here we go. A, a secondary answer, just what I said earlier. The agents of the Valar, the uh, super gods. Uh-huh. Eagles are agents of Valar are not supposed to get directly involved with the matters of humans so they could learn to handle things on their own rather than rely on higher beings. Bing, bing, gotcha. Bing, cool. bing, bing, bing. So is the god saying, we could help you, but we don't want to. Yeah. You're going to have to do this one yourself. Y'all need Just, to manage y'all's shit. It's tough love, you know? And the but plan... I mean, be, the, how is that fair, though? Because they're literally going up against the strongest... My, Myamar? Myar. Myar. M-A-A. Well, Myar is... Uh, I think individually they're called Maya. Okay. And then so, so, the Maya as an order. That's right. like what they are. So a Maya, like as in the, the old tribe. Examples of Maya are Gandalf, all four wizards. So Radagast in, that you see in The Hobbit is a Maya. Um, it's uh, Balrogs are Maya. Eagles are uh, Saruman. Well, he's one of the wizards. Sauron. I don't think we actually see any others. Although it's speculated that Tom Bombadil at the beginning of the books is like a, a secretive one. Well, nobody really, it's not explained what he is, but he appears to have some sort of power that no one else has. Not even Sauron. I forget other than not turning into a bear. What, is, what does he do? He doesn't turn into a bear. I thought he turned into a bear in the book. Or he, maybe he had bearish strength or something. I don't know. Tom Bombadil is like a, a, a cheery little weird small guy who sings but what? He, but he has incredible power i thought he was the and guy that they they lodged with on, yeah. at the beginning of their journey yeah does he return to a bear am i am i in no maybe that? i'm i'm going crazy sorry continue anyway he's he's sort of like a wild card nobody knows what he is and it's not explained anywhere because he's completely uninfluenced by the ring although he does treat it with caution he doesn't give a shit about it at all oh that's actually cool Whereas Gandalf intentionally doesn't touch it because he knows the danger of... You remember when Galadriel freaks out on Frodo? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because she's being influenced by the ring. Well, Gandalf has a moment, too, in the very, very beginning of the Fellowship where I think it's on the it's on the floor or something, and he, he circles it, and then he pulls himself away. Yeah, he when you, if you watch the movie, he... Delivers the ring to Frodo, but he never touches it. It's always in this little envelope. Yeah. And he t he picks it up with a poker. Yep. But he never yep. touches the ring. Mm -hmm. Yep. The ring will, is powerful. So did, what was the explanation for the the halflings, the, the hobbits, being able to use it? Was it because they were just so innocent? That was like, that was Gandalf's uh, experiment. That was what it was based off of, is they were just so secluded well, they were, in their culture. They were also super tiny right so they would they would be difficult to spot and hunt no 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 i'm talking about to to, to escape the thrall of the ring well uh. they it just they're resistant but they're not immune 
Well, yeah. Smeagol was a hobbit. A hobbit. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But he was 100% corrupted by the ring. Whereas Bilbo was only just heading in that direction. I mean, Bilbo is some insane age that I can't remember, but he's... He gets like 134 or something. He's, At yeah. the beginning of the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, That's about... I don't want to speculate on this, but I think that he's a lot older than that. Because Frodo himself... Frodo's like 80 years old at the beginning of the book. Was he? I thought yeah, he was Hobbits younger. Ha- Hobbits have different aging than humans. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. But Frodo was well past what the average Hobbit Hobbit lifespan was. Let's see. No, not if they not if they age differently. He might have been like perfectly. No, that's that's one of the things is like Bilbo aged way slower because the ring was like providing him with life force. Ah, I see. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons that that Smeagol could last so long. But he was, you know, he was getting, uh, he was paying for it physically. Yeah. We don't actually see Bilbo die. He doesn't die during the story. Uh, he just, he, he sails away with Frodo. He travels to the Grey Havens, which is, which I feel like sort of like an analogy for heaven. But uh, he was 131. You're right. 131. Hmm. But, but so, but Hobbit still didn't. They didn't live that long, and they, also he was like either they well, didn't live. Because he was so healthy still. Yeah, exactly. That's that why was he was the giveaway. Yeah, he was. It's like he hadn't aged yeah. in fifty years, which is a line from the movie. Gandalf says, "You haven't aged a day," and then he says, "It's because of the ring." Gandalf, can I show it to you? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that um, given another, I mean, I don't know exactly what year it was in uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like during the Third Age, but, um, you know, given maybe another 100 or 200 years, they would have uh, figured out air conditioning um, technology? They don't need it. They have magic. Is that what prevented them? Like, because they were... It was such a luxury already. They could already use magic to just kind of cool or heat whatever they wanted. Magic solves all problems. Every problem you can imagine solved by magic. That's why, like, the Harry going back to Harry Potter, they could just live in a castle, right, with torches and shit. Because they didn't have to worry about it. I mean, it was definitely cold up there. It snowed and shit. So yeah, they but had I... to have some kind of heating. They didn't even need torches. They don't need no, They were using it for light. Yeah. They just say, I don't like this thing. Gone. I want something. Here it is. It's my. <laughs> Whatever you want, magic. Boom. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Why do they even need? I mean, they have potions and stuff. Like, you got a potion that makes someone fall in love with you permanently. Problem solved. No more court shipping. I mean, that's Tinder. A, that, I think that's irrelevant. a crime. Yeah, that's a crime in in wizard, in wizard law. Is it? If you love potion someone against their, against their will without consent, they have a a, a potion called Veritas Serum that forces you to tell the truth no matter what. I mean, we kind of have, we have something like that in real life too, huh? There's like a, there's a truth serum of sorts. Torture? No. <laughs> Why didn't they just give, Voldemort give that to Snape? 
and say, take this. Whose side are you on? And he's like, because oh. he, cause didn't, <laughs> didn't Voldemort know? So he kind of wanted to just lead him on. Like he wanted Snape to be predictable. Like predictably I, I thought, do the thing. I thought it was that Snape was sort of a known double agent, but he was providing good information to both sides or something. No. Voldemort believed, and I think that you're supposed to attribute it to his arrogance, that he didn't think he would be betrayed by Snape. Uh Oh. He wanted to trust him, but he did trust him for (laughs) several reasons, not the least of which is that Snape is a master of occlumency, which is the magic of defending your mind against people reading your mind which mm-hmm. which is possible because of magic <laughs> Voldemort is famous for being able to read your mind legitimacy mm-hmm. but so wouldn't he know that he was getting blocked I guess that's the art of occlumency I guess maybe not I don't uh, know interesting uh, but I mean I wouldn't you, if you think like I don't know in the hiring process Snape comes in and Voldemort's like trying to read his mind he's like hmm, oh, can't get in Hey, do you mind letting me read your mind? Snape's like, I'd rather not. <laughs> I like this guy. He sticks to his guns. All right, you're hired. He has principles. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, wouldn't you just wouldn't you just give him access to sort of the evil portion of your mind and not let him into that virtuous side that you are planning on doing good? Or it's just like in SpongeBob, he reads his mind. It's just milk spilled. It just- <laughs> Snape says, the the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Or maybe maybe Snape was bad when he first got interviewed, and then he decided to be good. Nah, he was good from the beginning. That's also in the story. I mean, you want to talk about plot holes in Lord of the Rings. Plot holes in Harry Potter, where magic exists to such an extent where anyone can use it. I mean, what about that fucking the the potion that Harry used the day that uh Ron is in the is in the last book. No, the sixth book. I'm sorry. Felix Felicis. It's a potion that's it's liquid luck. And everything he does on that day is in his favor. Goes goes his way. I say you'd be just like churning that out like Gatorade if I was the yeah. uh, Voldemort. Yeah. Um, just giving it to there you go. No one's dying today. We we took over the world. Oh wait, they have it too, I guess. I guess it just cancels out. I forgot about that. Or, uh, I mean, in the third book, The Time Turner, she had to backpedal really hard on that one. Time travel? Story ruined. I don't remember. In the third book, Prisoner her, of Azkaban. Hermione uses the Time Turner to so she can make it to all of her classes. Oh, they yeah. Give her, mm-hmm. They give a 14-year-old student <laughs> a device that can control time. <laughs> So that she can go to all her classes and it's used. And I guess I think the implication based on what happens in the story, I don't know if you remember, I don't, but first they live the story from an an uninterrupted view from the beginning of the book. And at one point they say, Oh no, something bad happened. We needed to go back in time and they go back in time and they live again but parallel to themselves so they can see they exist at the same time as their earlier self. Mm-hmm. It's not like, so they can, they see themselves performing all the exact same actions they were before, 
but now they're in they're influencing it from the shadows making sure they aren't seen and right. from from their perspective they're changing history but really they're not because you realize later that the initial perspective although they didn't know who was doing it had someone pulling the strings in the exact same way so things didn't actually unfold any differently at all right because like very it, confusing at one point they're at hagrid's <laughs> I mean, the and they paradox, they but. they throw the stone to warn them or something but then it goes back and they're in there and yeah and then harry saves himself from the the dementors mm-hmm. yeah he he sees he, who he thinks is the ghost of his father yeah yeah yeah, yeah. across yeah. the clearing and the he performs a Patronus and the Dementor scatter, but what he really, who really, he really sees himself do that. So how did they backpedal? How did she backpedal that that obvious mistake? Well, it's just I mean, once you introduce something like that, it's, it's so you have all these questions like, well, why doesn't you know the Ministry in the fifth uh, book when they go in the Order of the Phoenix and they have the big battle in the Ministry of Magic? There's in the in the Department of Mysteries, there's shelves and shelves of Time Turners, yeah, and they're all destroyed. So that's one argument mm. is that oh no they were all they were like heavily regulated and they were all destroyed in the battle of of the ministry that was one thing mm-hmm. but i guess there are uh, there are rules to the time turner that aren't discussed that make it impossible to actually change um like things. historic events or something yeah sure okay mm. it's it was kind of just like eh i've that's not working not possible. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Next. No, for sure. It's as a as a storyteller, you have to be really careful adding mechanics to your your universe, your you know space, giving your characters things to to do like crazy shit. Because then, yeah, it's like why did oh this big bad thing happened? Why didn't they just use that really powerful item? Fuck. I gotta build all this extra shit around it so that it's impervious. Well, I mean, can you think of a of a story, a long story that you are aware of, that has a truly satisfying conclusion, and doesn't l- ties up loose ends and? We're talking ca- about fan- fantastic or or either way. I'm talking about things, <clears throat> stories that tie up in such a way that don't involve what is called Deus ex machina, which means. Um, Ghost in the Machine. Uh, Breaking Bad. So, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's the closest that I can think of. It means that um, when you rely on on that, it's like it's like twists that come out of nowhere that sort of explain things. Mm-hmm. That just like or somebody's showing up at just the right time, or just like actually this was something different all along devices and stories that sort of like get the author out of a issue a problem where they're stuck and they can't figure out how to logically proceed with the story i'm trying to think of one uh an obvious one but i uh i'm struggling now that i think about it to uh um maybe maybe it's not deus ex machina maybe it's i'm sorry that doesn't mean ghost in the machine that means god in the machine that's what i was trying to say okay okay so it's like God is, he just comes, he appears and it's magic and oops, the story makes sense now. Right. It's like, um, oof, how Goku can continue to get on different Super Saiyan levels. 
no matter what, no matter how powerful his adversary is, he will grow. He'll say, oh, Frieza's at power level 85,000. Wait, I'll just go up another power level. I'm good. Now I'm at Super Saiyan level 90. What about the next guy? He's at level 91. Well, now I'm 92, so <laughs> deal with that. Yeah. I mean, if they're done tastefully, it could be entertaining. But it's it's definitely more times than not transparent as to what's happening. Especially that that's like such an iconic reference. Like that's such a that's been made fun of hundreds and hundreds of times. You're talking about when the enemy powers up and goes on some long tangent about you didn't even know that I had this yeah. sort of power and then instead the of being scared monologue. The, the uh <laughs> the protagonist just goes <laughs> you go, oh no <laughs> I saw this coming a mile away yeah like at the end of, of crime dramas where they're all pointing their guns at each other and then one guy changes who he points the gun at he's like I've been on the other side all along <laughs> like oh twist yep exactly <laughs> Daniel, you okay over there? Yeah. Daniel, can, can you think of an Take example off my of a, socks? Oh, of a of a twist that you really liked in a story or a or a movie or TV show? Um, a, twi- a twist that was well done. No, not not anything, not anything off the top of my head. There's a. It's often mentioned on the internet in Finding Nemo. At the beginning, Daniel, do you remember what happens? At the beginning. The beginning of the movie. Uh, no, it's been so long since I've seen it. At the beginning of the movie, um, Nemo's mother, I don't think she has a name, but she's eaten by a barracuda. And Nemo and, and Marlin, the father, escape. Uh-huh. Um, if that happened, let's say, uh, hypothetically... It occurred in real life. It was a clownfish, a male clownfish, and his son survived while the the mama clownfish was killed by a barracuda. Um, Marlin would have changed his sex to female and fucked his son instead. Because <laughs> that's that's what clownfish do. Interesting. I knew the first part was coming. This is a twist right here. That's I knew that he would have turned into a female. I, the the sun fucking was the best part. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> That's why Marlon was so protective. He wanted to keep Nemo around. <laughs> he was devastated when he left. So he could become Marlena. Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had to find Nemo because he, acci- he'd changed. <laughs> Avoided accidental incest. Nice. Always a good idea. Yeah, always a good idea for a kids movie. Yeah. I think everyone would have been pretty confused if Marlon just suddenly like his voice went up an octave. Yeah, I, especially Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> Dad? <laughs> well, Nemo comes home from school and there's a well, then never mind. Let's not talk about this. Okay. Then it's go time. <laughs> then it's go time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh shit! Well, are you gonna? F- 
finish talking about air conditionings? I'm still I'm still interested. I thought we were do- I thought we were done with that. That's Did we did we get very far? That was an hour ago. Well, I mean, we we talked we I felt like we talked about it for a while. You explained the, how they were You never really explained how they work. That's that's true. It wasn't really my intent. Oh, okay. I they think draw, you did a great There's there they draw in air over metal coils filled with ammonia that cools down the air. How do you and then it blows how do they it back draw out in the air? That doesn't make any sense to me. How do you cool down air with hot coils? With cold coils. Did I say hot coils? Cold coils. Oh. Oh, but there's oh, okay. I so see. so every so even in even in your home there, there is a place where you have an air filter that draws in air and then blows it over those coils and then it distributes it back throughout the house. Let's well, uh you can't add cold to air, but you can subtract heat from it. Are you? That's true of anything, I guess. Correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not a question. Yes. When something. I mean, because heat is energy that's being transferred in one direction or another. Right. So when you touch something cold, you are bestowing upon that object your heat. And that's your, why it feels cold. Yeah, your because energy. you're losing energy. Mm-hmm. So and the vice versa, if you touch something hot, the ammonia coils being cold are absorbing heat from the air, and then redistributing it. Yes, but so what about refrigerators? Because they have hot coils at the bottom. Yeah, this, Daniel. What about refrigerators? Uh, <laughs> this isn't this isn't a segment about refrigerators. You son of I'm a not bitch. Trying to make, I'm not trying to make a segment about refrigerators. I'm just genuinely curious because I figured. You know what? I'm just going to keep asking you questions because you're like Mr. Appliance over there. What about refrigerators, Daniel? Um, I, could you make a toast? You, you I, could I, I burn, don't know. You they, could burn your hand underneath a refrigerator if yeah, you're not careful. Yes, they do. They do have some sort of um, pump. And I know that you can't. They have like an oil pump. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I know that's why you can't flip a microwave over, especially like a mini. I had a mini fridge in college and it was like. It has to stay upright at all times. Most, I think most refrigerators or all refrigerators do. But I'm, I can't speak to exactly how it works, but I assume that there is heat as a byproduct. I mean, your air conditioner gives off heat too. Um, what, if I, what if I took a microwave, plugged it in, put it in my fridge with food inside, turned it on, closed the door of the fridge, would my food get warm? Uh, it depends on how good of a seal your refrigerator is. If it's a perfect vacuum, then it would stay hypothetically the same temperature right but it's in the microwave oh did you say i thought you said refrigerator yeah he's putting he's putting food inside a microwave the microwave inside of the refrigerator and then closing the refrigerator turning the microwave on yeah and then trying to and i'm putting a propeller on the refrigerator at the top that's just for flying oh okay yeah 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 i'm done here what (laughs) (laughs) i think uh (laughs) You know, if you if you say the wrong thing to someone, they can become uh, cold. Is how to describe it. You say, "Why are you being so cold to me?" Uh-huh. As in, they're being like rude. I think that inside the air conditioning unit, the coils are just insulting the air as it comes past, <laughs> and thus, when the air comes out, it's has it's a dejected. has a cold well, demeanor. So, I mean, it, we <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> shift back to trying to answer this logically. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you're Daniel, drawing... is the air mad drawing, at me when it comes out the vents? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes. They, I mean, if you're drawing heat away from something from inside your home or from inside your refrigerator, then it has to be displaced and sent somewhere. So theoretically, the heat being produced by a refrigerator is both from powering the electronics to keep it cold and the heat that's being withdrawn from the system. And the same for why you have a uh, window unit in a home or an air conditioner unit outside for your home. It's creating cold air and supplying that into the house, but it's also drawing warm air it's drawing the warmth from the house out along with the heat produced by the mechanics of that system. Hmm. Boom. So when you put the, I, I don't really, I'm not familiar with window units cause I've been in bougie homes my whole life, but when you put one in the window, does it extend to the outside? Like, does it actually sit in an open windowsill? Yeah. Or do, or, oh, okay. So you so like the backside you, is you outside. Yeah. You open the window and then you insert the unit and then seal it all the way around with the window open. Like that one right there. Was that a joke question? <laughs> <laughs> what no, what you, are we actually wait? You break the Daniel, window. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> and then shove the unit through the broken window. So do I need to have my my air conditioner plugged in for it to work? <laughs> I need an no. answer. I need an answer quick. Look at the window over there. Okay. Is it built? That, is that one built differently than that window, or does that that unit just take up the whole window? Like, how do they? How do you know that your window unit's gonna fit your window? Daniel, I think we're getting punked. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I've never installed a window unit. I've only seen them like you have. I'm assuming that they are the size to where you have to insert. That one looks like it has accordion sides to it. Like it just fits in the right way because it can expand. Or detract. Daniel, will my oven work if I keep the door open? <laughs> I have the heat set on 900 degrees. <laughs> Again, I'm why, done here. Why don't they make stoves that hang from the ceiling and shoot the flame downward? <laughs> I, I would pay to see that. I was I, asking I see legitimate that. questions from the heart, man. Okay, Fuck your legitimate question. You. Fuck your legitimate question. It's not my fault. I'm inexperienced in the ways of life. I, I haven't completely grasped adulthood yet. <laughs> That's when you know you've become an adult is when you fully grasp window air conditioning units. Yeah. All right. Well, well there's a, a lot of movie talk. Yeah. Here's here's two hours of movie talk for you to edit through. Good luck. Ah, I like it. Well, there's a I feel like we got philosophical. And analytical. I I don't I don't like that. That's my least favorite part of our of our podcast. Which part, analytical or philosophical? Both of them. I think we're at our best when we're being anecdotal, when we're just asking questions and then being funny. Yeah, that's my that's my personal favorite. My my fa my favorite is there is is not knowing how. Eric, like I, I leave I leave the podcast with more questions than I have answers. <laughs> now I'm like I, I have to know how refrigerators actually work. I just mean if anyone wants to learn actually learn about AC or about Lord of the Rings, they could probably go find a podcast that's all about AC. Our, yeah, I feel like I, our podcast is to in, incite the curiosity. No. <laughs> no. Our podcast hard is stop. just to be a bunch of assholes. <laughs> 
I don't even know anything about Lord of the Rings. I made up every word. <laughs> <laughs> I made everything I said was completely, completely made up. I only seen the travel the trailer of the Two Towers. That's where I got that from. Vernacular environmental architecture. That's that's the dumbest shit I've ever that's heard. It's not even life. a real. You made thing. that up. You made that up on the spot. Vernacular. That's for words, Daniel. Yeah. I, I combined Vermont and <laughs> and spectacular. Yes, vermitacular, vernacular, vermontacular. It's an actual thing, but mm. what was that sound? That was Richie being part. disapproving yeah. about this content's not making it, not uh, making the cut. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you start saying some whack yeah. shit, I go. <laughs> Let's have a segment about suicide and and maybe about um, um, how Marlon graphically fucks his son. <laughs> In the unedited, yeah. X-rated version of Finding Nemo. <laughs> Please yeah. don't put that in the episode. He always that's puts the not, things you don't yeah. want into the episode. That's, well, if they're that's not whenever I'm unoffensive. That's yeah. Whenever I've made requests yeah. for edits, they always end up in the goddamn episode. Yeah, because those are just like you fumbling, and they're funny. Daniel, if you really don't I, want it in the episode, just say the N-word a few times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I'm going to do yeah. that now. You don't have please to. Please do going not. To do that. <laughs> please do not do that. Edit out. Please me do not saying the n word. Literally, the worst thing you could possibly do. What's now this 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 admission this? is making it into the episode. You admitting that that's going in the episode. It's <laughs> not go. I'm gonna say the n word right now. Late. So no, it it's too late. So it All this up until when you actually I'm say gonna, it's going I'm in, dude. Say the There's nothing right you can now. do. To no. make sure that this does not go into the podcast. Are you ready? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> you can just put a beep sound in right here, a long beep sound where I'm talking, and then, <laughs> Daniel, I can't believe you just fucking said that. In my- <laughs> wow, Daniel, that was that was too far. Oh, man. Seriously, dude? I'm un- I don't think I'm it's far enough. I knew you were a Republican, but this? Uh, oh, man. A Republican and a racist? No. <laughs> I, I'm neither of those, so. I'll take that out, too. Daniel voted for Ted Cruz. I did not. I did not. I didn't vote. Jesus. Even worse. (laughs) Come on, dude. I don't like politics. I don't acknowledge it. Well, it doesn't affect you at all. It doesn't influence your life. Yeah. No, it has no bearing on anything you do. It's all just made up anyway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Bernie Sanders is actually played by an actor named... Uh, can you insert a Jewish name real quick? Just randomly. Herman Melville. Yep. Wait, Herman that's Melville. It. Herman Melville. Yeah. <clears throat> Robbie and, uh, Robbie Goldsteinberg. <laughs> the restroom is just over there and I need to go right now. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. All right, let's get back into Lord of the Rings. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. 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 Really get into this. Okay, well, I gotta go. I gotta consumed a lot. Oh, do I you have go. to go? Yeah, I've gotta. You I, don't know what the meaning of having to go is. I'm gonna yell the N word again. <laughs> Anyways, this is Dan signing off. Goodbye. Have fun learning whatever strikes you tomorrow. Good luck out there.
Yeah, keep, enjoy enjoy your time. Keep it real. Wow, don't tell people where I'm at. I don't I don't need that getting out. Plano could be anywhere. I did I say did I say Plano? I meant Pluto. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate that's that. how far away you are. Yeah. All right, y'all. Let's do our claps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Daniels bye. Comes in six years later. <laughs> Not yeah. funny. I'm not it's not funny. We're done here. Turn me off. Turn up turn everything off. <laughs>